I have seen the Lord. That would become Mary Magdalene's proclamation that day. I have seen the Lord. But it wasn't how the story began. She arrived at the tomb early in the morning, just as the sun was breaking the horizon. As John's gospel says, she got there early and there was nothing there. No body of Jesus, no angels to announce that he had risen, no nothing. The tomb was simply empty. And so she ran to the disciples. She ran to the disciples and told them what she had seen. She ran to the disciples where they were hiding, where they were sheltering in place, where they were hiding out of fear of the religious authorities who had killed their Jesus, who had killed their Messiah, who had killed their Lord, their rabbi, their friend. Mary Magdalene came into their quiet, darkened, fearful hideouts and cried, they have taken the Lord. They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Not an affirmation of faith or of the resurrection, but a lament of fear. More bad news, more disaster, more trouble, and more reasons to be afraid. His body's gone. It's like watching the news these days. This coronavirus pandemic makes me expect that as event upon event, as bad news mounts upon bad news, I half expect to look out my window someday and see zombies lumbering down the street. This morning I read that nearly 550,000 confirmed reported cases are present in the U.S., nearly 450 in Collin County, and over 20,000 deaths and rising. The news is grim, and we are rightfully sheltering in place, and many, like the disciples, are afraid. Into the midst of this comes a message that we all need to hear. It began with confusion and fear. They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. And Peter and John, they get up and they have a race to get to the tomb, try to see who gets there first. They ran to that tomb, they looked in, and they were still confused. They wondered at the side of the burial wrappings and at the side of the linen cloth that had been on his face, now rolled up and set on a different place. And they wondered and they struggled with their belief. It's like they wanted to believe. And the beloved disciple did believe, even though neither he nor Peter fully understood the meaning of this empty tomb yet. And then the guys leave. They've seen, and now they leave. They depart to go back to their self-imposed quarantine, leaving Mary Magdalene still there, standing outside the tomb, weeping. She bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. 
The sight of these two angels wasn't enough to pierce her gloom, the darkness that had enveloped her. Woman, why are you weeping? They asked. They have taken away my Lord. I've been reading it all over the news the last week, all over the media, all over social media, that Easter has been canceled, that the Lord has been taken away. Nonsense. Absolutely nonsense. No one has ever, can ever, or will ever take away our Lord. Can I get an amen? Hope you all said amen out there over the internet. No one can steal away Jesus from us. The celebration of the resurrection doesn't need a full sanctuary. Oh, it would be nice to have all of you here today. Looking around here in this empty building, it's hard. It's really difficult. I want to see your faces staring back at me from the pews, looking back with me at the pews, nodding your heads, saying amen. When I preach, I need to see the light coming on in your eyes to know that the message is getting through. I can't see that through a camera. I would love to have you here, but it's good that you're not here, but safe where you are. Because an empty sanctuary doesn't mean that we're empty. The more important sanctuary, the more important temple, the sanctuary and temple of your heart is filled with the resurrection power and love of Jesus today. And that's the message of the resurrection, and that's what's most important. God's love reigns supreme, even in the midst of a global pandemic. No virus, no bug, no failing of humankind can ever overcome the love of God. The love of God manifested in our midst and in the resurrection of Jesus. Indeed, as I've said several times now, the love of God proclaimed from the empty tomb, he is risen, calls us to express God's love for others by having an empty building today. Because the tomb was empty, our buildings are now empty. And because the tomb was empty, we will never be empty. Christ is risen. He's not in some hole in the ground. Christ is risen and within us here today, wherever you may be. But Mary was still standing there. She was still standing there looking into the tomb, tears streaming down her cheeks. The the words of the angels hadn't pierced through that gloom. And she turns around and she sees Jesus standing there. But she didn't know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? For whom are you looking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him. And I will take him away. I'll take him off your hands. If you're the gardener and you've removed him for some reason, here, I'll take him from you. And Jesus 
in a voice almost pleading, says, Mary. He says her name, Mary. And she turns to him and says in Hebrew, Rabbanai, Master, Rabbi, Teacher. All Jesus had to do was say her name to pierce the veil of tears and for Mary to recognize him, not as the gardener, but as her Lord, as her Savior, as her rabbi, as her friend, Jesus. And after her time with Jesus, walking him with him and talking with him, and bathing in the grace of his presence there in the garden, now she runs back to the disciples with an amazing, universal, transforming proclamation. I have seen the Lord. And so have we. We've seen the Lord's life-changing presence in each of us. We've seen the Lord's love transform broken hearts, broken minds, broken bodies, broken families, broken relationships, a broken nation. We have seen the Lord, the risen Lord, change the universe, change us. Just as assuredly as the risen Lord changes Mary here from tears to joy, just as assuredly as the presence of the Lord will change the disciples from fear and trembling to faith and proclamation, just as assuredly as the presence of the Lord would change doubting Thomas to a Thomas of faith, so also the risen Lord changes us and shines the light of God's love into the gloom of Good Friday, into the gloom of lives today, into the gloom of a nation and a world gripped by fear. As we go through these days and weeks and months, my friends, listen to the voice of Jesus speaking your name. Teresa, Peter, Bob, Regina, Judy, Tiffany, Drida, speaking your name, Alexis, speaking your name. Listen to the voice of Jesus speaking your name and allow his grace to pierce the veil of tears and fear and darkness and bring you the joy of the real presence of Jesus in your life. And hold on to his love and gather it into the sanctuary and temple of your heart where he reigns supreme. We have seen the Lord. Let us share him with each other. Let us share him with others and be of Easter people, proclaiming the good news of the resurrection to eternal life for all. 
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And may God's people say, to his table, all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Would you pray with me? Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done, by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy upon you. Forgive all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen you in all goodness. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Continuing now with the great thanksgiving, and all are welcome here at the Lord's table. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and prayers. It is right and a good and a joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn saying, Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. Your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim the release to the captives and the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to announce that the time had come and he would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and aged with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made in us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, the Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks to you, and broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave the cup to his disciples, and said, Drink this all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. 
And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of the faith. Christ Christ is died. Christ Christ is risen. Christ Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with your Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. The disciples knew the Lord Jesus in the breaking of the bread. And when we give thanks over the cup, we know the life-transforming grace and peace salvation, forgiveness of Jesus Christ our Lord. At home you are invited to receive now together. Serve each other if you were alone. Receive knowing that Jesus is with you and so are we. Or serve each other in your homes together. This is the body of Christ. The bread of heaven. The blood of Christ. The cup of salvation.